1: Braves a tackle, watch out! Burst of speed! Look at this freshman! Welcome to the home of professional football, Canton, Ohio.
2: Hello and welcome to another edition of the College to Canton podcast. I am your host, Travis May, and I'm joined again by Stéphane LeCoe. You can find us on the X slash Twitter whatever thing at FF underscore Travis M and Stéphane LeCoe. L-A-K-O there uh, with the last name. Uh, I never have to spell my last name typically for, for people. There is. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there you go. It's, it's right there if you're watching on YouTube. But uh, yeah, it's L-A-K-O. It's a way cooler last name than mine. Uh, it's just uh, the month of May is my last name. Not complicated whatsoever. But uh, we're here not to talk about last names, but to talk about <laughs> no. college football I mean, and NFL. I'm sure some, some, too, some but, will uh, come up. Yes. This is going to be a, a more of a college football podcast because college football season week zero action is kicking off, uh, maybe even be- before you listen to this show. Uh, but we are just excited to have football back, real football back. I know we've had some NFL preseason. We've had a lot of camp hype. Uh, going on there and and camp hype on the college side as well. But to, to finally be back and we're real into real games, uh, I'm just excited about that. So we are gonna spend some time talking about some of the week zero action and early matchups and things like that, what things we're excited for. But really, uh this is going to be a bold predictions special. Uh that we, we want to just spend some time talking about some, you know, not necessarily just hot takes that we don't believe in, but bold takes that we think hey, there's probably, you know, there's greater than a 10% chance that this actually happens, you know, greater than even, you know, a 25% chance in some cases that this happens. Uh, Although many people might say that it is still rather uh, bold to say. And so, yeah, I want to highlight some of those, but let's just, let's just talk about some things we're excited about to to kick things off, Stefan. because football is here. College football is back. It's going to be my first full college football season working professionally in the sport. Got to cover it uh, for Mojo and uh for most of last season, but to do it for you know full full season all year long, it's just going to be a blast. So I can't wait to jump
1: right in. I know, man. And the slate's not awesome this week. Let's be honest; week zero <laughs> is kind of like, yeah. wah, wah, wah. but I don't even care. I'm going to watch uh, the Ohio Bobcats with great vigor as uh, Bengura. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I will have him in some sort of DFS if they allow me because uh, he was so good to me last year. the Bobcats in general. I forgot like I was listening to the cover three podcast. They were just talking about Ohio down the stretch and I remember I was mm-hmm. betting them like uh, Matt and I on the show <laughs> like they were on our they were on our plays every week and uh, so it would be fun like like, oh yeah, the, the band's back together. I'm, I'm pretty sure Rorick is supposed supposed to be uh, healthy again. So um, another team that I, I bet on every week was, uh umass to 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 not cover i always took the other side of the umass plays and i think i went like eight and three on the year like it was so some of my favorite teams are playing so yeah i'm excited for week zero as uh, as silly as it is but i've watched zero preseason football like zero i watched half of a broncos game i think but uh, like half of a quarter i mean like <laughs> the first
2: drive <laughs> uh, I've been all over it just because uh, I, I, I kind of oversee a lot of the NFL offseason stuff for for Mojo and even though I'm uh, you know I'm, I'm technically on paternity leave right now I'm still all up in the group chats talking about everybody's backup quarterback situations and you know yeah. how we should value Aiden O'Connell versus Dorian Thompson Robinson and it's just been a lot of fun to just be neck deep in that uh, looking through a different lens than I, I usually do for sure but yeah man ohio maxion i can't wait to get to tuesday night action with, with like over unders like at 100 points <laughs> yeah in, for like yeah. live game bets and stuff just things going wild but like bangura and and, and wiggless and and curtis o'rourke for ohio that's gonna be a fun trio to watch But bangura yeah. could be like a top 10 back for college fantasy leagues and wiggless i mean could Loki be like one of the best uh college fantasy receivers in the country and and if if Curtis uh, O'Rourke o- o- is actually, uh, you know, one hundred percent like right away. Oh my gosh, like that's going to be yeah. a huge difference fun, maker. Dude. So I, I know that I, I'm, I'm not sure everyone tuned in to listen to Ohio football, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, Ohio State uh, uh, maybe, or Mom even yeah, play. or even you, you notice know, somewhere in the green though, you know. There you go, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're ready. But I mean, that, that's that's one that's one team that's going to be a lot of fun, and San Diego, San Diego State is, is is good too. But uh, I actually prefer uh, Ohio there, and I, I know that the opening line was like I don't know almost a touchdown initially, but it's like down to a field goal now, in most places. Yep. And so I'm, le- I'm still leaning Ohio. Uh, but, uh, and I'm going, you know, Vanderbilt by a thousand against Hawaii. Uh, and I, I, I really am interested to see how the line's uh, only
1: 17 and a half too, which is a uh, surprise. should be way they more. They put up <laughs> might- 60 on them last year. Didn't yeah. they?
2: Yeah. And it was in their house. So yeah, yeah. but I am interested just from a player perspective just to see how well will Shepard does this year, yes. like all season long, because he's somebody that in, in Debbie conversations, we don't acknowledge whatsoever for the most part, but he's actually somebody who could get a uh, higher capital. than then we give him, give him credit for. Um, well, and I, I have to tread carefully pumping up Vanderbilt wide receivers because they don't typically do very well in the draft, but uh, some friends of mine who are actually sec officials have been high on this guy for a very long time. Like it, they're guys that are like back judges and have to keep up with these guys on the field every day. And so yeah, like, we've okay, had them on this... the show. Yeah. Yes, we have. And so it's like, okay, the shepherd guy, he's, he's going to do some things. He's going to go pro. And, and so, I mean, they, they, you know, not that they're, um, you know, the end all be all, but like they, they see the same players week to week, uh, yeah. every week, all season long. And they know the different, who the difference makers are. Um, so, because they're at field level <laughs> running with them alongside them. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's, that's a lot of fun, but in Cedric too. Alexander, the freshman back, uh, if he actually, I know that as a nod, I guess a veteran nod that they, they were like giving uh, somebody else, the, uh, running back one slot to open the week. But I think Cedric Alexander for them is probably going to be the lead back right away. And uh, I've got it on good, good authority. He should should be the feature uh, sooner than later for Vanderbilt. And so they actually have some interesting prospects that's uh, in, in younger players. It could be interesting too, with Jade McGowan being, you know, probably future slot option, uh, proper prospect wise. So that's, that. I'm I'm excited to watch some Vanderbilt stuff because, you know, my wife works there. And so we used to have season tickets, but uh, <laughs> uh, don't this year, because we have like a four four or five week old kid. Uh, so <laughs> not going to try to go to games this year. But yeah. um, anyone on Notre Dame or USC, like, you're really pumped about? Because, I mean, yeah, those are the, the, but, the two but, highlight teams that, you know, if, if people haven't already skipped ahead of, to get to the USC and Notre Dame conversation already. Uh, who are you watching on those two teams that you're just pumped most about besides, I guess, Caleb Williams?
1: Well, for Notre Dame, uh, I'm interested to see uh, how Chris Tyree uh, transitions to wide receiver. Uh, so he's a guy that we were kind of high on as a, a kind of all-purpose back um, in Notre Dame's offense, he just didn't really get the opportunity. Uh, yeah. When he did, he he looked decent. Um, but man, to, to see what he might be able to do, because everyone else is like that, the big, like fast tight end type guy, you know, at wide receiver, they, they've got a type. Um And Tyree gives them something a little bit different. And I think people forget that Sam Hartman transferred to Notre Dame and Sam Hartman put up stupid numbers last year. Stupid, stupid numbers. So we've got a a new, I believe we have a new offensive coordinator at Notre Dame. We've got a new quarterback. We've got some position changes. So, yeah, I'm excited to see it. Uh, Call me crazy, but I might take the Notre Dame team total over uh, Mm -hmm. just because I'm a maniac.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and uh, Navy is trying some of the different schematically this year too. So it'll be interesting to see what that game actually looks like. Uh won't are look you, like uh N- Notre Dame you, or Navy of old,
1: I guess this year. Are you nervous at all early in the season, taking overs just with the new clock rules and not really knowing how it's going to affect pace of play towards the, like, yeah, a little obviously bit. The, the end of the game clock rules will go back to normal, but everything else, like we're, we're, we're speeding through. <laughs> yeah. with running clock on first downs and, and that's, that's a huge change
2: probably. Yeah. Uh, you know anywhere from you know 4 to 7% difference in overall uh points scored on the season uh that's the most uh analytical, analytically minded in people's projection right uh, so heard, that's a significant five. change that's yeah. similar yeah yeah so uh, I mean, in my no own comments, projection but, you know yeah. it's, I got you know somewhere around 6% probably um so yeah anywhere in there you're looking at a significant change until in, to, in total points, so and that's just projection. We really don't know until the bullets start flying, so yeah, I'm, I'm not really messing with overs, um, that much, uh, re- early on, um, yeah, well, or especially a
1: run heavy teams like that clock yeah. could just keep going forever, <laughs> you, yeah. like all of a sudden, four plays into the quarter, it's done. <laughs> so,
2: yeah, I really am though, intrigued just to see how the running back situation pans out for Notre Dame because. Idrick Estime, I mean, he's he's probably slated to be the feature there. Um, they like Jabron Payne. I think he was the running back too for now. Jeremiah Love, um, the guy, the guy, the guy who got injured last year, uh, Jadarian Price. They they've got some a uh, bunch of high pedigree guys there, and so I wonder who works up into the running back to uh long-term alongside Estimate, and if SMA just kind of uh has a stranglehold on, on a feature workload, or if we get to see one of the younger players that, that could flash there as well. Cause uh, Notre Dame likes to run the ball. And despite Sam Hartman coming in and having, having the gaudy numbers at Wake Forest, I think while well, their wide receivers may be improved, but they're still not good. So they're probably gonna have to lean in, into that direction still. And so I, I really like Jeremiah Love. I think I've talked about him on the show before. I'd love to see him work his way up the, at the depth chart in year one. And you the, love that? The, I would love that if Love uh, <laughs> was the running back two for, uh, Notre Dame by season's end. And so if he's even on the field at all in a blowout, I just want to get some, some looks uh, Yeah, and just see, you know, if he can work his way past Javon Payne or uh Janarian price, because that would be a lot of fun for my uh, Devi and campus can shares, but <laughs> yeah, <of laughs> so not biased whatsoever right. at all. But uh, yeah, but no USC, I think that's the, that's like the premier offense that everyone's going to be watching. And while they don't think that San Jose state has any real shot to beat them, um i think the line's like 30 over 30 points and so that's going to be a wild blowout but i am interested just to see how the wide receiver depth kind of shakes out for usc because they have like 17 wide receivers that are good yeah um you know how how involved is is dorian singer is he really going to be a target hog are they going to have a target hog they don't typically do that uh in lincoln riley system like they don't just force 40% of the offense to anybody. Like even last year, they had a first rounder in Jordan Addison. And even when he was there, they didn't do that. So True. what does yeah. it look like with him and Mario Williams and your boy, Brendan rice. And uh, this guy, Kyron Hudson we're, we're, uh, work into uh, uh, any targets. Finally, or don't
1: forget about branch. Like, is the uh, yeah. Well, it's like, is that no. right
2: branch? Like, I think it's going to be allow the uh, Luther burden treatment last year for Missouri. Like they just find ways to get him touches re- regardless yeah. of it. If it's like normal, downfield wide receiver threat type stuff because he just has uh, electric ability and i'm not sure what his verified 40 time will be but i wouldn't be surprised if it was like four three flat and so he's got ridiculous wheels um so i think they're going to find ways to get him in i'm not sure how full time he's going to be immediately because they don't have to make him that right Right. away but but um yeah just to see the pecking order there is going to be a lot of fun to watch um, who gets the final season to be a starting wide receiver with Caleb Williams and what yeah. will perhaps be his best college season ever. Uh, so, you know, it could, could really amp up the stock of anybody uh, that he's throwing the ball their way. And I know that uh, the backfield right now is split. I think uh, it's a, one of those or situations like a shared starting role with Marshawn Lloyd and, and Austin Jones. And I liked Austin Jones back in the day when he was at Stanford transfers over works up into a little bit more work than we expected last year uh Marshawn Lloyd we were all high on when he was a freshman in South Carolina
1: I still have I, so many shares yeah so I, I,
2: a- I think he probably is the dude I think he is like
1: yeah I hope so and
2: so I wonder you know I, what that looks like in a blowout and I'm not sure how much we can learn um right between those two because it's, like they, they've they kind of already said like it we're just splitting and so maybe we don't really know who's gonna have the edge in terms of like a 60 40 split or more um, for a few weeks, but I, I do want to see just how they look and how explosive Lloyd is in, in that offense and, uh, and, and who, who the third option is too because uh, I've got the, a couple shares of the uh, young young backs in that backfield as well. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I nerd out to it at just a, a ridiculous level when it comes to uh, these players. And so not everyone's going to be looking at the running back three and four for USC this week, but I'm just excited to track every bit of it.
1: Absolutely. Here's the real question: the, the question everyone wants to, to know is, uh, will you be doing uh, week zero DFS this year?
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I be doing. Will I be right, right, you know doing the projections and the modeling for? No. Uh, will you
1: just? Are you gonna? Are you gonna put in a lineup for uh, some week zero DFS?
2: I'm actually not this year. And in fact, this is the first year I haven't opened up the season doing uh, DFS com- content for college since we've been able to. But are you gonna do play? That. I don't think I am. I think I'm actually, I'm so in, intently, uh, focused on, um, you know, like close to 200 career stocks that I'm managing, uh, weekly. That's enough work right there. <laughs> That's enough. That's enough work, uh, as I manage the motor stock market. And so doing a lot of that, luckily we we don't have the DFS side on the college, uh, to manage, uh, as its own separate market just yet, but I would expect to see that probably next year as right. we continue to interrupt uh, you know, introduce, uh, more and more wrinkles to what we do. Um, but yeah, uh, we are going to actually have uh, an aspect of what we do at Mojo launch in, I think, close to 20 states here soon. Uh, so on the NFL side, so get ready for that. Uh, it's actually going to be kind of a DFS build. So be looking for that. If you're, uh, I, I think that's coming to several. I can't remember the entire list. It's not actually coming to my home state of Tennessee, but. Uh,
1: oh, that sucks. <laughs> it's all over the country. Yeah, I know.
2: I know. It's like in Texas and California. It's, it's, it's in every time zone. So, uh, if if you're into DFS and you want to build like a DFS type stock portfolio and compete with uh, hundreds or thousands of people, uh, that option will be here soon on the NFL side. So, that's awesome. That's something new, um, kind of a stock. Yeah, yeah, did you ever do that like in school where you like, had to build your own stock portfolio and compete against? Bro, I went to
1: school on a ship and then I went to school in Texas. That's right. So, that's right. Uh, you had a, yeah. So, no. so not, no, yeah, no, we well, to, had it's nothing. Like it's like that but on an app and you get to compete yeah. with,
2: you know, thousands of people uh, and it's athletes and you can, you know, uh, go in and out of any stock position <laughs> uh, quite often. So, it's going to be a blast to see how that develops. But so, uh, yeah. So, given all the the new things I'm overseeing, I'm probably not going to be diving into dfs but i know you will for sure
1: <laughs> absolutely absolutely and, and then i'm sure we'll talk about it uh, from time to time but what why don't we for for the, those uh listening uh to the podcast we're gonna take a quick break for those of you watching on youtube we're just gonna have an awkward little pause for that like, break, yeah and then we'll be right back <laughs> hello and welcome to ready bet action join eric dorn and myself Stephon Leco, and get ready for the action and all things sports betting we know your time is valuable, and that is exactly why we created the perfect show for every sports betting fan. Ready Bet Action is a quick hitting sports betting show that will provide you with our favorite bets of the day, DFS for both college football and NFL, and the daily boosts and promos that your favorite sports book apps provide you. Yeah, that's right. And you can find this on your favorite podcast app and all the social media platforms at ReadyBetAction, all lowercase. We'll be putting our picks, advice, betting promos and all the rest free of charge. Please follow us and subscribe. We are ready to bet on all the action, make some money and have fun. We put in the works. So you can show up and get all the info you want to make money and save a shitload of time. We'll see you soon on Ready Bet Action.
0: We're driven by the search for better.
1: And we're back. Um, I'm excited, man. It is time for some bold predictions. I'm just going to let you go right into it because this one is, this one's (laughs) tasty. And I've actually, every time I hear about what's going on in Alabama, I I keep wanting to be like, what's Travis's take on this? So let's find out.
2: Okay. So yeah, if you... (laughs) This is just going to start off with, with what might seem like a super hot take to many because I ingest so much uh, content on, on college football just because I want to gauge what you know the, the pulse is of the entire consensus, what are the weirdest takes out there. I try to find uh, the craziest stuff that's going on and most everywhere that I I've, I've consume college football content, there's a lot of uh, disagreement as to what's going on at the quarterback position for Alabama, but my... My, I swear this is not just a hot take, but my bold prediction that I believe is way more possible than anyone is really accepting right now is that Tyler Buckner owns the starting job for Alabama by the Texas game and scores a total of 40 touchdowns for the Crimson Tide this year. And that's that's something I don't think I've heard anywhere because in most places are like, oh yeah, Jalen Miller is going to win the job now. And uh, despite the fact that, you know, both, uh, he and Buckner actually had, had a good, uh, a much better, re- most recent scrimmage for Alabama. The assumption is just that it's going to be Jalen Milrow for many people. Uh, I heard on a, another big podcast, even just today, that it's like, oh, well, Ty Simpson has higher upside. Like, why? Why is that? Like, he doesn't even fit the scheme as well as Buckner or Milrow because he's not necessarily that RPO uh, running threat uh, that Buckner and Milrow are. Um, and Buckner is actually probably a better passer than uh, milro so it's like buckner has the mobility that that schematically they want to utilize uh tommy reese is going to want to utilize in and that mix of the system that they already have that they're they're going to utilize um and he's probably a a, you know a better passer than milro and has the mobility so it's just like man um it just feels really odd that most uh, major outlets are kind of dismissing him despite some pretty consistent Uh, improving buzz uh, for Buckner. Really no negatives overall, Like, uh, besides just the fact that he hasn't won the job outright already after having not been there in the spring to begin with. Um, And for those unfamiliar with Buckner and and for those who have dismissed him, I think it's fair because I I, I understand it at least because unless you've been following Tyler Buckner's uh, journey since he was like a sophomore uh, or junior at least in high school, it would be very easy to dismiss him because when you look at the last season, uh, he started off the year and uh, you know he, he lasted two games before he got injured and what didn't look great in the second game at all versus Marshall anyway before he got hurt. Uh, and then he comes back and has a really good game in the bowl game but still throws some picks. And so I, I get the the apprehension when his resume is, is so limited as a starter. And even the year before, he didn't you know edge out uh, an undrafted free agent at, at Notre Dame. Um, you know, when he came out as a true freshman, but he, he split time, didn't look perfect, didn't own the starting job as a true freshman. So there were questions even then. But both years he's been dinged up and he's been dinged up a lot. So the, even the injury concern, I get it. But uh, when we look back to Tyler Buckner, uh, where he started uh, as a recruit, I mean, I, I think a lot of people forget that he was actually a five star recruit for the majority of his recruiting process.
1: I don't think Uh, our listeners forget because we we remind them frequently. (laughs) Yes, but uh, seriously, though, I mean, for the majority of the time, like he he actually
2: had an offer from Alabama, like a full year before Jalen Milrow did, by the way. And so like there was a reason for that. He had uh, one of the best high school football seasons uh, of all time. He had like almost 5,000 yards passing, 53 (laughs) touchdowns uh, through the air, 28 touchdowns on the ground, 1,600-plus rushing yards, one of the best seasons ever against pretty solid competition level in California. And so he jettison's up the board as a consensus five-star type player, but then he misses his entire senior year because of COVID and uh, California, uh, you know, they uh, moved their season for the play teams that even did play at all in the state. They moved it to spring at, to, and for a shortened season, but he was already on campus at Notre Dame. So he didn't play at all as a senior. So he had one season. He, he got injured as a sophomore, has one of the best seasons of all time. Uh, looks like a, a future first-round pick as a junior. Doesn't play at all as a senior. So he's he's coming in cold, uh, having not played for over a year in Notre Dame, and, and we're surprised that he doesn't immediately win the starting job. And he struggles with health for two years, uh, but he finally starts to put it together uh, in his final game and puts up like over 330 total yards and, and five touchdowns in the bowl game last year. Uh, and then still... Notre Dame wants to replace him immediately without ha- ever really having ha- having given him an opportunity. So and he, he, he transfers to Alabama and immediately is in the, the, the heat of competition to win the job against Ty Simpson and Jalen Noro. Like that's, that's impressive that the, the guy who has been fighting just for one decent opportunity and, and kind of kills it in his last one just shows up at Alabama and is competing to win the job. And, and, and the month before like weeks before, a week a couple weeks before Alabama's first game, we still don't even know if he's not the guy. So, I think he, he gets an opportunity. And, uh, by the end, uh, specifically by the end of the Texas game, even if Melrose the guy to start the game, I think Buckner finishes it and, and if, if, if nothing else, wins it for Alabama, uh, and becomes the guy clearly down the stretch.
1: I like it. I mean, we, we both, I mean, you introduced me to Buckner back when he was. A uh, true freshman, and I've been on board ever since. So I'm all in, and I, I like your perspective on this because this a lot of people in the media that I listen to talk about this quarterback competition. Like they brought in this dude who can't even win the job, and it's like you're looking at it wrong. You know, like the fact that he's in the competition uh, for it this late into the season uh, for a team that wants to win the national championship. Seriously. um Like that's a big deal. So I, I like this a lot. Um, I, I, co-sign this one for sure because uh i haven't seen anything from these other guys that makes me think uh that that they have earned anything you know so i don't think the fact that they were were there last year is going to mean a whole lot more and, and people talking about the f- freshman Longren what's his name yeah Lonergan. he's, not, and, yeah, and he's they not shut that he's down not. so yeah so so uh shall we move on to mine my, Let's my see person. it. What's your uh boldest Is this your boldest take? You think? I think this is my boldest take. Uh, Quinn Ewers wins the Heisman. Uh, you can get that right now at plus mm. uh
2: 3,500.
1: 3,500. That's 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 pretty juicy for uh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. So to me, um. Do I think this happens? Like, if it, if the odds were like minus one ten, I'm not putting my mortgage on it. But with these odds, I think this is fantastic, and this has a lot to do with Quinn Ewers, the player, because we have seen in moments last year before the injury where he was electric. Uh, yes, at Ohio State, he did not play, and because he reclassified to enter that class and was sitting behind. Um, amazing quarterbacks like there was no opportunity for him transfers out um but he was the number one uh recruit coming into his class I remember we had to make special rules in all of our Debbie leagues and C2C leagues (laughs) that like no you can't take Quinn Ewers just because he reclassified he's he's not going to be available like that's the kind of special player this guy was um and then you think about what he has on offense you think about the weapons he has at wide receiver um they bring in Mitchell from Georgia, uh, Nayer, who we were all excited about last year coming back from the injury. And you're starting um, with
2: like their third and fourth best options here. Yeah, Whittington.
1: <laughs> and then of course we have the X-Man. Like this is a team that has, um NHAT Sanders at tight end. Uh, this is a team that has just incredible uh, weapons Along the skill positions, especially you can add in um, the running backs. I'm a big fan of Brooks. Baxter is getting all kinds of hype, and I think they'll use him in the passing game as well. And then this offensive line is quite good. (laughs) You know, like they will be able to protect him. Their running backs are going to be good enough to uh, force teams to respect the run. And Quinn Ewers is going to pick them apart and he's going to put up uh, phenomenal numbers. And I think Texas is going to put up enough wins that, he has to be in the Heisman conversation. Uh, so to me, it's a given that he's going to be in, in New York if they still do it there. Uh, but uh, I don't know where they did the Heisman. Yeah.
2: Uh, but no, but it, yeah, He'll I, be wherever they I, are. He'll,
1: he'll be where the, well, I was going to make a Hamilton, do a Hamilton quote, but I don't remember <laughs> the song. <laughs> Got to be in the room where they're talking. Yeah. yeah. He'll be in yeah. the room and uh, I think he wins it. So yeah, Quinn Ewers wins the Heisman. Those odds are, are just fantastic. Uh, for a player that I think has a legitimate shot, and uh, I am curious to hear your take on this.
2: Yeah, because I, get, I do I mean, think
1: I do think the drop in productivity the second half of the year was because of the injury. Like I, yeah. I will say that.
2: And if you're gonna make uh, this kind of uh, this kind of bold statement in a year where Alabama is replacing their quarterback, Georgia's replacing their quarterback, Ohio State's re- replacing their quarterback, JJ McCarthy's not really that that guy you know like he's probably not going to put up the volume i mean like he's he's (laughs) good but he's not going to put up like the the gaudy stats blake quorum and donovan edwards are are both Uh, there
1: yeah Yeah.
2: and 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 nobody wants to vote for the same guy two years in a row like it's hard to for anyone to do it again caleb williams has already got his heisman so like the heisman guys don't think oh we well you know he's going to be the first overall pick we got to get him as heisman this year like there's going to be an apprehension to vote again just anecdotally like that just it that's what it's, it's, it's in people's heads. Uh, yeah. Whether it's, whether it's rational or not. So, uh, and Drake may like the defense for Notre, no name for North Carolina is going to just kill his stock in that regard. So even if he puts up ridiculous numbers, which he did last year, uh, he's not going to be on good enough, uh, a good enough team. And so Texas, if he's the guy that takes Texas back, like to and they get to the playoff. Let's like, go. Yeah. He's going to be, he's going to be right there. So, that that's going to be it's one of the situations so, where the odds are going to get better than they currently are that he oh wins, yeah uh in between now and uh you know even the next couple of weeks so <laughs> i do uh, know
1: there is yeah. a draft book out there that you can exchange um like futures um i have to do some research because i'd love to buy a lot of this right now and then in like yeah three months just sell it all because yeah. <laughs> all i've made a shit ton already <laughs> but anyway yeah. this isn't a betting show, you know there's there's uh, a place
2: that I, I might work for where you can kind of do something like that but yeah, i won't, but I won't can't get into in colorado <laughs> yet So yeah that's true that's true oh um, man but i like it i like it I like okay so it's so
1: so far we both endorse each other's okay um, i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot it back to uh one of yours here when i actually i'm all in on this one too
2: okay man i thought okay i thought i was pushing a little bit far but trey benson I think he's going to get 1,800 yards from scrimmage this year and be, and becomes the consensus running back one for the 2024 NFL draft. And I'm, I'm not saying that he is right now, and I'm not saying that I would draft him as such right now in Campus Canton Leagues, or even that I would even necessarily trade him like this right this second because uh, you don't have to. But I'm just saying that this is probably where he's going to go because Florida State is, is in prime position to compete at the highest levels this year, at least be in contention for the ACC championship, if not uh, a playoff berth this year with stellar quarterback play of Jordan Travis. And they're bringing in solid transfers left and right and return some of their most pivotal transfers on both sides of the ball or players on both sides of the ball. Uh, and they've got the most ridiculous sized wide receiver set and, and uh, skill position players now uh, because their tight end is the shortest of the skill position guys that'll be playing at, at wide receiver and tight end pretty much. Uh, Johnny Wilson being the six foot seven monster, Keon Coleman being six foot four and two fifteen guy who's way too fast and way too shifty for his high, his size, and uh, you know Jahim Bell being like the do it all kind of playmaker that he is. Uh, so they have guys now just really spread things out for Florida State even more so than last year. Trayshawn Ward is gone; he's at Kansas State. The only competition Trey Benson even has in that backfield is returning like redshirt freshman uh, Rodney Hill. Uh, they didn't even really bring in a bunch of backfield competition to take any workload from Benson. And Benson was already one of the most efficient backs in the country a year ago, uh, averaging almost seven yards per touch, uh, top five or six in, in yards after contact per carry. Um, and so I, I think we, we see just a slight uptick. He, he was already an 1,100-yard-plus guy last year. Uh, he probably faces lighter boxes than he did because of the better skill position players on the perimeter uh, all over the place. Uh, and plus, Jordan Travis is a threat to run as well. So he's got all these cutbacks cutback cutback uh, cut lanes that are going to be wide open yes. for him to maintain efficiency on greater volume. And uh, I think he is is in the conversation as the best running back in the country by year's end. And so I think he's already a top five back for next year for sure. But you know, if Trevin Henderson doesn't look like he's back to completely himself, and or we see any dialed back uh, version of what we saw Rocket Sanders be last year uh, uh or even if that's not the case uh, he could well, still just assert himself into that uh competition both,
1: both those guys have already had a peak season trevion yeah. you know his his freshman year and rocket was last year if benson peaks this year and those guys right. kind of go back to the mean then absolutely yep. he jumps them like mm-hmm. i've already seen people drop in trevion henderson and we haven't played a game yet. No, I love this. I especially love like the eighteen hundred scrimmage yards. I, th- I think is um, amazing. I think that could totally happen. Um, it's a it's bold. Um, and and the RB one, uh, I just think is is a tough one because huh, it just depends how that draft order falls. You know, like if you're yeah. if you're talking some some teams just fall in love with specific types of players. But uh, I I do think you forgot the most important thing about Trey Benson, and that's that he uh, he's a former duck. So. I didn't forget.
2: I, I drafted <laughs> him in, in, in like three or four leagues when he was still a duck as a freshman, because yeah. you know, we, we nerd out, nerd out so hard. Uh, um, so I, am going to have some silly looking receipts if he does go off.
1: Yeah. I love it. From, I love it. From,
2: I, I can't remember what round it was, but it was like, I don't know, round 80 or 90 or something. I got him like three years ago, I think. Yeah, so, <laughs> so that's, uh, so that's going to be fun. So I'm hoping Hopeful. It it really is, but I'm hopeful he pans out in a a big way uh, this year, and I believe that uh, arrows are pointing up and have been for quite some time already.
1: Yeah, and and one of the fun things about uh, Cedric Benson is in drafts, There's... he's like in Debbie drafts. <laughs> Cedric Benson. <laughs> Shrey Benson. Yeah, um, uh, one of the, my uh, one of the things I love about him is he's also going late in in drafts, like in Debbie drafts and C 2 C drafts. So I know draft season for those, we, like we've been done for three months already. But uh, I do think there is an opportunity to buy. Um, all right, I'm going to jump to my next one here. In theory, can I <laughs> pause. We can get, yeah, there, there we go. go. This is related wow, to the last this is two things timing. we talked about. Uh, Florida State and Texas are back, both win their respective conferences, both make the playoff, uh, which Ooh. you can get on DraftKings at plus 1600, which I actually don't love those odds, I think. It's no, that's just actually, I would um, have, because you have to hit two, They though. both have to hit, so I'd rather yeah, that's... just play them both individually, um, oh but I do think both these teams uh, i think i think the schedules huh. um, aren't easy texas you know has to play bama but it is early in the year you kind of alluded to the fact that you might be leaning texas because you, you think milroe's is going to get benched in that game and, and and that doesn't happen if they're if they're up comfortably so you know, texas um, is
2: actually getting, texas is probably going to win that game or just barely lose yeah so yeah so uh, so
1: i i don't see a whole lot in either like clemson we've seen their struggles um yes the new oc could be a miracle worker and and maybe club is the truth but outside of clemson like florida state's path i think is is favorable again we're talking bold predictions but i could yeah. see this happening and especially with these historic programs um the fact that people want them to be back every year and it's just never happening but dude you know me i've been talking about jordan travis Um, All offseason, I I love the dude. He's like my QB three. Um, And Quinn Ewers, you just heard me talk about. So these guys, I think, um, outside of Caleb Williams and Drake May, these two quarterbacks are my three and four um, uh, draft capital for next year in my my prediction. So um, both have strong uh, line play. Um, I think both have really solid defenses. Have really shored those up. So, uh, so let's go. Are, are you surprised by this, or are you surprised by how you're kind of all in with this uh, this idea those, too? <laughs> those odds are super bigged up, and and and
2: they must have had some uh, some pretty sharp action come in pretty hard and aggressively on this specific play to to seriously throw out a sixteen hundred line because the math on that is horrible. Like, yep. I don't have to get, like dive into that, but that's uh well not, some of these other ones because,
1: some of these other ones are even worse like michigan yeah. and ohio state to both make the playoff is that doesn't make any sense because
2: <laughs> yeah it's, it's tough like anyway. there's scenarios like but yeah it, it, those odds yeah they're not great <laughs> so but so, yeah. I, I love the the take and i think you just tucked in a a, a bold take yourself by saying that quinn ewers and like without even like mentioning it exactly, but like saying Quinn Ewers yeah. and Jordan Travis where your quarterback three and four for draft capital projection next year. That's yeah. a, that's a, that's, that's a bold thing. too. <laughs> that is. Yeah. I mean like, cause the consensus, I mean like without getting in the weeds too much, like consensus is yes. Yours is like QB three ish for mock drafts right now, but uh, Travis and Jordan Travis is like QB seven ish uh, for a lot of people. And oh, that's yeah. probably aggressive uh, for some still. Uh, but like mock draft, you know, land and, you know, even getting into like seven round mock drafts a year ahead of time, um, which those exist, by the way. Thank you, Shane. <laughs> but uh, uh, like even those, like he's not necessarily, you know, an automatic uh, day two guy next year. But I-, I liked his profile for a few years. So I-, I like it. I like this this play. I know we're supposed to probably disagree more, but, uh, I know. We, uh, we, but uh, uh, it's going to be tough lot, this so. year for um, both of them to make it. But I do think at least one does this year given the i'm uh, not, not uh, i'm not sure either get a win <laughs> in the playoff if they do make it sure but uh th- they're both situated like in a if not now win uh scenario
1: if you do them individually texas uh, to make the playoff is plus 300 and florida state is plus 320 all right let's go to your next one let's do it so
2: both antonio williams uh of clemson and jacori brooks of alabama are going to put up 1,100-plus receiving yards and shut off the ignorant Bama-slash-Clemson wide receiver doubters. Um, and so at 1,100 yards, Travis, that doesn't sound super bold. Uh, neither of them actually got to uh, 700 uh, uh, <laughs> So uh, that would be a major boost uh, in production for both of them. Both of them have high-pedigree guys all around them competing for targets yet again. Uh, both of them have questionable, or at least the, the – public thinks they have questionable uh, quarterback situations with new offensive coordinators coming in uh and so that's a lot to just in you know 12 13 14 games maybe putting up that kind of number in an offense in both cases that have a bunch of targets to feed around them antonio williams uh true sophomore any true sophomore having 1100 plus yards is actually not super common but he showed up last year um, it wasn't necessarily the de facto wide receiver one right away, uh, but by years end, he definitely was and had the most receiving yards on the team as a true freshman for the Clemson Tigers. I know a lot of people want to look at Bo Collins uh, and go, oh, that's the guy who looks like Quentin Johnston did for last year for TCU, and Garrett Riley is the offensive coordinator. He's going to come in and throw to the big body guy. No, Quinton Johnston was just the best wide receiver. Antonio Williams is the best wide receiver. And uh, so I think he's going to be the focal point of that passing attack yet again, and uh, because of some departing targets from last year, uh, th- there's going to be ample opportunity for him to have a larger, uh, larger, larger target. <laughs> see, it, 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 you it. see what happened there? I, you know, the, the target that has that G and then larger yeah. has that G. Anyway, larger target share, not a larger target larger target share. I, I can't even talk. Yeah, I'm broken. It's it's okay. So <laughs> Antonio Williams is going to be that dude for Clemson. Just what I'm saying. And all the people that are saying, oh, Clemson, they've got a wide receiver problem. No, they don't. You just have
1: no idea what you're talking about. They had um, an offensive coordinator problem. Yeah, they us. had an
2: offensive coordinator problem that was living in the 1990s. But they're gone now. Um, and now they got... Hey, you let's know be, be nice that, about it. Some of us are still no,
1: recovering.
2: No, not going to be nice. They were terrible. And uh, it was it was bad. It was stale <laughs> and horrible. Um, and then Ja'Cory Brooks. Okay, so... Uh, We've been over this before on this show, but I need to reiterate it louder and and just it needs to be repeated by anyone ever and heard by a lot of people because people want to talk about how Alabama doesn't have good wide receiver play, and that's just pathetic and ignorant and and just memories is what that is. Just really, really bad. It's like, oh, they don't have a Devontae Smith lock from like top 10 talent on the team. Okay, you're right. They don't have a top 10 talent on the team, they don't have a Jalen Waddle on the team, they don't have a you know, whatever on the, on the team. But I think that they have a lot of players who will get drafted. They have to Brooks. They have Jermaine Burton. They bring in the best uh, Juco transfer uh, in the nation at wide receiver and Malik Benson. They have Isaiah bond returning this year who uh, kind of proved himself to be the best freshman of the bunch outside of maybe Kobe Kobe Prentice last year. in that stacked class a year ago, um, they have uh, too many mouths to feed. Uh, a lot of the guys transferred out that, that knew they weren't going to be the guy this year. Trade, Drayshawn Holden is gone. He's on your ducks. Uh Joe yes, Joe Mark, Earl, Mark. gone. He's not gonna, he's not gonna he knew he was like, okay, <laughs> I, I gotta get out of town. I'm not gonna get enough targets. Uh Aaron Anderson, gone. Like he's at LSU. I don't guy. think anyone
1: he, knew who that was, though, except no, for you. But like he was a
2: high he was a he was a high, <laughs> no, exactly. high, high, high
1: pedigree guy. Right. And he just couldn't get on but the he field. He couldn't. Because he couldn't get on the field. That's that was the point. Not that he wasn't exactly.
2: as good. And, and, and because decor Brooks was the guy over and over and over again when they needed to play last year. Um, and he had eight touchdowns uh, and he had, you know, not crazy volume, but they had a, a bunch of good wide receivers. They wanted to get on the field and they wanted to make plays. Um, and they also had a high volume receiving running back that, you know, just went top 10 in the real NFL draft last year. I think you, you guys may know his name, Jameer Gibbs. He's gone. Uh, so they don't, they don't have that kind of target hog in the backfield. That's going to be eating into wide receiver market share. So I think, yeah, Jacori was already the guy last year. He was already wide receiver one last year. It's not crazy to say, hey, um, he's going to take a, a further step. He's, he's a five-star talent, uh, and he's just going to be that dude. He's going to put up 1,100 yards this year, and it's not going to be crazy. Um, you know, It's not going to be a Devontae Smith season, but I think he's going to be the wide receiver one. Jermaine Burton is probably going to pass up in the target totem, totem pole by one of Isaiah Bond or Malik Benson. There's a lot of buzz that both the, those guys are trending upwards. And so I think one of those two gets up to 800, 900 yards. Uh, and Tyler Buckner or whoever else, if I'm wrong, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, puts it together. Uh, it just really syncs up with Ja'Cory Brooks and uh, finds a way to uh, help him reach his potential that's always been there and has been for several years now. Uh, and, and really, he was already really good last year. I think a lot of people just look at the raw totals and think, oh, he's bad, but he's not. So right. <laughs> they have too no. many good wide receivers, guys. Not not that they don't have an, like any. Uh, the, so don't let the, any national ignorant narrative skew your perception. They are stacked in that room.
1: Yeah, and I think one of them will. Uh, both of both of them is what makes it real bold. And, and getting it up to 1100 too, um, I just wonder if Milro does get the job and their defense and running game is so good that he doesn't lose it. Like, mm-hmm. are they throwing it enough for Jaqueline yeah, to put and, and up Yeah, and that's the numbers. only
2: situation where I think um, yeah something like but, this
1: just doesn't happen for sure. Right. So so that's but, but it's bold prediction for a reason. So so I like it. My last one is uh, is another team related one. Um, I am going with um, a couple versions of this actually because um, I think Utah's gonna have their worst uh, season since 2018. I think they're gonna lose uh, at least four games. So the reason I went with four is because that's where the, the, the over under is set at eight and a half and I'm clearly on the under. Um, but the, the way I'm actually playing it, is under five and a half conference game wins. And you can get that all the way up at plus plus one fifty. I know, again, this is not a betting show, but it is for me. Uh, <laughs> um, if, if you, if you look yeah. at how they start off the year, they, they start off against Florida uh, and then they're at Baylor. I don't think cam rising is playing in either of those games. Uh, not because yeah. they don't exactly play like him. he is, but uh, sure. I don't know. if he's,
2: And I'm not sure. Is he going to be the same version of rising? Right. that Just like leaves his heart on the field. And, chunks of his body on the field, like, like Will that work I don't for think him. he like, can be right now. And, you know?
1: if, and if he does, does that lead to like mistakes? So, mm-hmm. so I think he, he is not himself. And I'm like, I'm all, also all over uh, the Florida side of that game and the under, uh, for those of you taking notes. Um, and then at Baylor, that's going to be a tough game if they don't have uh cam rising. Um, but then if you look at that conference schedule, cause that's what I was talking about. Um, you've got UCLA. You're at Oregon state. Uh, Cal yeah, that's a win USC Oregon Arizona State's a win Washington and then Arizona and Colorado so four games I can see them winning for sure but UCLA Oregon State USC Oregon Washington having to come away with um, three of those games to get over five and a half I don't think is going to happen so yeah. I think Utah has a really really um down year and i think a lot of that is because they, they start off without cam rising and it kind of goes now i know people in the program love this kid brendan rose i believe is his name uh the the freshman out there um yeah. but he's like five foot four and 117 pounds <laughs> so i just don't see that <laughs> holding up in the intensity of the pack 12.
2: Hmm. I like it. Uh, I, I'm not sure that uh, Utah doesn't find a way just because Kyle Whittingham is just right. Monster. He's an amazing uh, coach, <laughs> and like. they just always find an answer on defense. And yes, I have questions about the receiving options, but I have re- questions about the receiving options pretty much every year. <laughs> and uh, they find. Yeah, somebody. I think so Vele is the... their
1: best guy, and then Kuthi. Yeah. But Kuthi's coming yeah. back from from an injury too.
2: Yeah, and so. so.
1: Uh,
2: I I think they're going to yeah. find a way. I'm not sure I'm, I'm I'm there with you, but it's 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 bold for a reason. I'm not. I'm. I think I would probably be on the other side if we were going to try to, you know, really bet on this. But the eight and a be, be on the Utah. over.
1: You'd be on the over eight and a half. Uh, because you should bet it because you get plus money on the over. No, so just no. Just saying, I, just I wouldn't be, but I
2: would say it's just one of those I, I wouldn't bet it I'm not I actually This zero yeah, I don't have any money on that on the I can I do have for that reason there. because you, yes
1: you you trust winning him too much and and I I respect and, that and if I were yeah
2: coach. and really the the real number is under eight and a half but it's like only marginal for me in my in my numbers so yeah. it's like it's not even all the way to eight so it's like I can't even it's just tough stuff
1: yeah Yeah, those are those are my predictions. If you want to fire off a couple real quick, I do have to uh, to get out of here pretty, pretty soon. Sure. Uh, But if you want to fire off one or two more just so that you have uh, video and audio documentation. um, Let's do it. I'm going to fire off
2: Some, some, uh, one more positive and then some negatives. Oh, Um,
1: yes. And on on a sour note, how about that? (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, uh, I am drinking Bud Light. So, you know, know, it's funny. Like,
2: uh, if you've been listening into the show, like some of the names I I talked about are are names that, uh, we've talked about even recently. And this is again the case, but I really want to highlight these players because I'm pretty confident that they're going to be in decent roles. So, like, uh, Jaquez Petaway is probably going to be, um, the most productive freshman. Uh, in the entire country in terms of receiving yards this year. I, I believe that he's been doing been a lot of buzz. They need somebody to step up. I, I think we've talked about either Brennan Thompson or him uh, was going to be the guy that works into that vertical role for the uh, Oklahoma off- offense this year. And I think that that's going to happen with Pedway being a starter as a true freshman. And because he's in that vertical role, like he, he has two or three crazy catches. He's not going to lead the nation in, in among true freshmen in catches. But he's gonna have some big plays. Like he's gonna have like yeah. 18, 19 Marvin yards for reception. Yes, exactly. He they need somebody in that role. Farouk is something else. Like he he has the speed, but he's not necessarily in that role in the offense. And so if Pedway is, and I believe he is going to be, he's gonna have the most receiving yards in the country. And what makes it bold is as I'm I'm gonna marry that with another name I just mentioned in passing on the other another show uh recently. But Rodney Gallagher is gonna lead all true freshman wide receivers in overall touches on offense and special teams. Because I think they're probably gonna to try to find the way uh to get him the ball as much as possible. Uh West Virginia, that is, uh wide receiver, West Virginia, West Virginia true freshman. Neil Brown, like last year he tried to he, he, he has to save his job. He has to save his job this year, and he has to get some excitement of some kind around some of his offensive playmakers and say, Hey, look, I'm willing to feature true freshmen and the like recruits. You want to come and play for West Virginia? He tried to do it last year with CJ Donaldson. Uh, but Donaldson gets hurt. He's going to feature Donaldson again at running back, but he needs to do the same at wide receiver this year. And they have a, a huge need at wide receiver, and they're replacing basically their entire roster there at the position. And Gallagher's already kind of working up to where he, like Coach Neil Brown, has said, Hey, he's going to be in the game against Penn State. I think by week three, he may be the leading target on the offense. And so if that's the case, uh it, he might lead in receptions just period but i think he's going to get some carries too i think they're going to find ways to get him in as a return man some uh so i think he leads all true freshman wide receivers and uh, touches do you and know so, what i
1: just heard um gallagher free space and dfs is what i'm hearing like the, yes yeah i he's think it's probably be gonna be a men pricer yeah, uh, check, but, uh, you're, you're talking and I'm already thinking how I'm going to yeah. make some money off you. <laughs> two freshmen,
2: but I think that's a lot of, you know, he's not uh, he's a four star, but he's not a top tier four star. Yeah, um, he actually was early on in the process. He didn't gain enough weight to maintain that role. But uh, he was around 40th overall in the nation uh, with his first overall recruiting grade for a reason. So he's got the skills. Uh, he just um, and now he's got the opportunity. So those two, I think, are both going to be true. Peddleway is going to have the most yards. Gallagher's is going to have the most touches among a true freshman wide receiver. All right.
1: Sears. Give me, uh, give me, let's, let's end on a negative. Oh, the sour one. ones. Yeah. Bill Milton's he's,
2: getting benched, uh, yes. during or just shortly after the Alabama game. Dude's already lost two jobs, uh, in Michigan and Tennessee. He has two and a half good games on his entire roster, on his entire resume ever. Um, and I, so, I, yes, I, he's still well, inaccurate. He Even in the good games, he was inaccurate. Squirrel White bailed him out. Ramel Keaton bailed him out. He's not a good quarterback. Never will be. Don't care that he's Uncle Rico. He's getting benched. Nico Iamaleava, $8 million man. is going to take over the job uh, by season's end. Uh, Another negative Nancy quarterback take. uh, Your boy Bo Nix is going to majorly regress alongside Riley Leonard. They're both going to have bad seasons when compared to last year. Uh, I've been seeing some weirdly confident uh, draft takes on both of them. Neither of them were even inside the top 150 in terms of average depth of target last year a bunch of dink and dunk nonsense like and and, you know they're mobile guys so they're fun like that's cool but like they also like pro football focus their big time throw metric it's questionable i guess in terms of like what technically counts as big time throws like there's sometimes like i I kind of double check their charting on the week and i'm like "Eh, that was that was fringe but Across all the passers in the country, like neither were even top 120 in terms of big time throw percentage. Again, reinforcing the fact that they just don't do anything spectacular, like they didn't all last year whatsoever uh, through the air. Um, and so yes, they were fun mobile threats, but I think when teams have an entire year to prep, uh, and see uh, how in- unsuccessful both of them were in third down situations, and neither were even top 40 against uh pressure either, like. Mm, uh, it was lightning in a bottle situations last year. Both of them got better, but I think they have down years and see a I significance. Agree with
1: half this take. <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: Well, I think you're going to agree with Leonard. I think uh, people are higher on Knicks in general. Like, I see him like first I don't, round in some box, And not I'm like, that's draft why. capital. I yeah, don't see him so
1: for draft capital. I the, do think that Oregon wins enough games because he's good enough.
2: Yes. And I, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying he's not like. Because right now, guys, the consensus is Bonix is a first rounder. Like that's no. that, that's what mock, that's what the mock drafts say right now. Bonix is because like
1: because Ewers and, and Jordan Travis are getting drafted ahead. Exactly. Of <laughs> so like he seriously, oh, it's not. It's,
2: he's, I guess when you do like a volume adjusted ADP, his his he's right around fringe first rounder projection. And Leonard is like you know he's on that uh, the, the round fourish turn. I, I I think neither of them are even inside round four next year for capital because there's just too many stacked old dudes with really good profiles already. Um, yeah. Only like five or six guys get day one, day two capital. And so neither of them actually end up in that range. And I think the, Sam the day three get run, that, that could happen too. But the day three run for quarterbacks typically happened later than it did this year too. Yeah. Um, so I think n- neither of them even go inside of round four. Uh, Leonard probably just returns because he has no, no business even – really being drafted next year and so yeah uh that that might be bold for those that really pay attention to um you know the draft takes but and I so like that's it. probably oh, maybe people are like who's like Bradley leonard i don't know <laughs> but <laughs> no uh, i like but, it i like it but yeah and then just a couple more caden pre not michael trigg uh goes off for 800 receiving yards for Ole Miss, and trigg uh maybe transfers out again because he's uh Gotten on the bad side with the coaching staff this year. Um, and pre scorn has been a, kind of like a captain and vocal leader, and all his teammates love him. He's going to be the starter, not Michael Trigg this year. Uh, and so pre scorn, uh, 800 receiving yards, and that's uh, pass happy offense. They need a, a, a difference maker, um, that's a big bodied guy to replace what they wanted M- Mingo to be last year. Mingo actually had a bunch of inline snaps, snaps last year, that's right. They, they needed yeah. uh. You know, a big bodied guy and, and pre score is going to be an even bigger bodied guy. Uh, so Triggs out, and so for a guy who was like tight end three and Debbie yeah. like last year, that's a huge fall from grace. Uh, Roman Dunze is going to get exposed for not actually separating uh, on a consistent basis or attacking the ball, uh, can, with consistency at the point of catch. Uh, and I think Jalen McMillan's more productive than him this year and gets higher draft capital than him. But Dunze barely, maybe even drops out of day two next year i know he's he's a, a kind of a fringe, fringe. first round projection yeah. for people right now and that's just way too bullish on on him on that player uh and then matthew golden uh houston i have no idea why people have been high on him for a long time but houston's offense is going to suck this year um and he's going to struggle like he didn't reach 600 yards last year and he's probably not going to get 750 even in a year where he should see higher market share because the yeah. offense is to suck.
1: when we had kevin coleman on the show he liked him but i I gave him a little bit of pushback too but no uh that
2: offense is going to struggle and therefore i mean because golden's like his adp is wild like it's it's like i think it's been up in like top 50 in campus can leagues. i'm like bro (laughs) no that's not no that's
1: that's too much so yeah for sure so negative
2: nancy travis to end the podcast Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Sorry. yeah
1: with every with every negative there's a positive right we yeah, know yeah. that's great um but yeah we have real football to talk about next week we do. and then we'll also oh, jump into uh our bold predictions for the nfl next week too which will be super fun there we go awesome well you guys uh please hit the uh the follow button subscribe on the podcast um follow us on youtube as well over at the road channel um we are mixed in with all of those guys there too uh so we look forward to uh Doing this again next week, Travis. Yeah. Have a Bold lovely and adult predictions, I yeah. guess.
2: Next year. Yeah. Man. Next year. Next week. For yeah. next year.
1: Yeah. Uh, have a lovely <laughs> um weekend. Try to get some sleep. Uh newborn baby life is a is is a whole as a whole. I mean, this is your second time doing it, so you already know all this, but yeah. It's 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 fun. But um <laughs> we uh we'll have we'll have a, a good time watching football this weekend. It's uh it's about time. It's about time. Yeah.
2: See you guys next time on another College Again podcast. Enjoy some football.